Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. You're seeing a theme here today, and the theme is the next generation. And we're going to talk today about the legacy of the next generation. And that's not something that we just say here at Elevate Church. It's something that we believe in and we mean. We believe in the next generation. We believe in kids. We believe in students. We believe that the next generation isn't a problem. Can I get an amen from anybody? The next generation is not a problem. The next generation has a divine purpose and plan from God. And we're gonna stand with the next generation and we're gonna believe in the next generation and we're gonna cultivate the things in their life and see them do great and mighty things for God right now in the earth. Can I get an amen from anybody? Come on. Mel and Mac, thank you. You did such a good job. Can you get real loud for Mel and Mac? Such an awesome, awesome testimony. On that note, we're looking, we're looking, can I just say this, from people from every generation. We're looking for people from every generation to help in kids, to help in youth. It means a lot when adults that love Jesus show up. They might, listen, you might think like, well, I'm not the coolest and they're not gonna view me that way. It, it doesn't matter. All, all that matters is that you show up and that you have fun with them and that you love Jesus. And, and it, they'll feel supported. They'll feel like you have their back. And so we're always looking for people to join the team. We're always looking for help in those areas, especially. Um, as I said today, we're gonna talk about the next generation. Um, we're gonna talk about what we're gonna do as a church in the next generation. And then we're also uh, gonna talk about how to parent the next generation. Um, and if you're here and you're like, well, I don't, I'm not in that season anymore. I don't have kids. Th that's okay. You're an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent. You have a role. If you're in this season and you have children, which I think there's a lot of you that have children, and you're like, yeah, I need some help with my children, <laughs> okay? We're gonna give you some help today. And if you're here and you're like, I, I don't have children yet, that's okay. You're gonna glean some wisdom and some understanding because you're gonna be in that season at one point in time. And so today's gonna be a great, great day. Um, wanna let you know about some things that we're gonna do in kids' ministry first. First in kids' ministry, um, in the preschool rooms, um, we're gonna systematically in 2024 go room by room and we're gonna redo all of the preschool rooms, okay? Kids are kids. They're gonna throw things, they're gonna do things, there's chips in the wall. I'm like, how did, how, did it, how did that happen? You know what I mean? It's like children are like little wild animals. You know what I mean? And, and so we're gonna go through systematically room by room in 2024, and we're gonna redo the rooms. We're gonna repaint the rooms. We're gonna redo some toys, structures, just some things to make sure that we give our kids, our preschool kids, the very best experience for their uh, age group. And so that's, that's part of what our legacy offering goes to. When we take up these offerings at the end of the year, we're making sure that we have enough to do what we need to do in 2024. So we're gonna 
systematically redo those rooms. We're also in preschool and in elementary. Uh, we're about to purchase brand new curriculum in the new year for that age, for both age demographics. We wanted uh, a curriculum that would fit kind of our belief system as a church a little better and then also empower parents in a greater way to put information into parents' hands so that they can continue the conversation with their kids throughout the week about what they're learning because exactly what Mel said, we don't believe that there's a junior Holy Spirit. Amen? There's one God, and he's going to show up to you the same way he's going to show up to kids. And so we're going to present Jesus mightily to your kids. We're not babysitting kids back there. We're equipping the next generation for what they're called to do in Jesus' name. And so we're going we're gonna to reinvest in our kids. And then in youth, I'm really excited about some things we're going to do in youth. Um, in youth, we're going to do one service a month. And um, we had some conversations about how can we produce the very best service for our youth. And we just felt like we could probably do one really, really awesome service a month. And, and in part of doing that one really awesome service a month, we actually wanted to have the opportunity to take our band on Sunday mornings and bring them to youth on Sunday night so that there's a full worship team for, for our youth at those services. So we're gonna have one service a month. Now at that service, we're gonna do some some changing. Number one, how many of you know Pastor Marissa? Get real loud for Pastor Marissa. We love Pastor Marissa. She has been with us. We were her youth pastors back in Michigan long, long time ago. She moved with us, interned with us, helped us start the church. And she, one of my favorite qualities about Pastor Marissa is her willingness just to say, use me however you want. I'm here to serve this house. And so she has served youth extraordinary well for the last couple years and we're so proud of her she's done such an amazing job and we love her but we're actually going to be transitioning her and her new husband come on everybody into first uh first impressions uh into that realm and so it's gonna be a great season for her and Nate. Um, they're gonna run that really well. The follow that we have some new follow-up things that are gonna happen in 24 that we needed some some just new blood in there. And so we got Pastor Marissa taking that over. Pastor Adam is still gonna be a part of youth, but we're gonna actually create a youth team. Okay, so the youth team is gonna be Pastor Adam. It's gonna be Pastor Adesia back in kids. We all love Pastor Adesia, right? We love her a lot, okay? Uh, we're gonna have this awesome man of God, Pastor Michael, our son, he's gonna be uh, in youth, okay? And then if you didn't know, me and Jess, we were actually youth pastors for 16 years, and we never saw it as a stepping stone. We always just saw it as we love these kids and we believe in these kids. And so uh, we've actually felt a tug from the Lord to go back into youth. And so me and Pastor Jess, we're gonna go back into our youth and be a part of youth. And so we're gonna have this awesome team of youth pastors taking care of our students in the next season of Elevate Church. How awesome is that? So really exciting things happening in kids and youth. Um, but we're gonna talk a little bit right now about how we raise up the next generation. So come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you right now to come bring wisdom and revelation and truth to us, lead and guide and direct our lives as we lead the next generation. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Get real loud for the worship team this morning. 
All right, uh, Judges chapter two, uh, verse six, says this. After Joshua sent the people away, uh, each tribe left to take their possession of the land allotted to them. And Israel served the Lord through the lifetime of Joshua. This is important. They served the Lord through his lifetime and the elders who outlived Joshua. And all those who had seen great things the Lord had done for Israel. So this is important. The Bible's telling us that for each generation, each generation needs to see the great things of God. They need to see the power of God. They need to see God moving so that they can follow behind that, okay? So every generation ahead matters in what God's doing in the earth. Um, I, I wrote this down. As you trust God, your kids will trust God. There's, as a youth pastor, I would always get this sense of parents that would go, here's my kid, fix them, right? My kids are all messed up, here you go. You fix them with, you know, the one or two times that you see them a month, you, you fix their life. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not their parent. Like, that's your job. So as you trust the Lord, your kids will also trust the Lord. As you live for Jesus and live passionately or not passionately, they will follow suit. They're gonna follow your direction as you choose to move in the power of God and to operate in faith, they will also. They're looking to you as the example to lead them. And here's the deal. When we lead them, that means this, that generation after generation after generation will serve the Lord. Amen? Like, that's why we're here today. We're here for Jesus. We're here because we love Jesus. And our desire is that not just your generation, but the generations under you and the generations under them, they will continue to serve the Lord as we go after the Lord. But here's what the word shows us. I'm gonna show you this verse. If we negate our responsibility as the generation ahead of them to serve the Lord with passion, would to serve the Lord with great worship, to, to move into things of God, the next generation will follow that and, and abandon the things of God. So verse 10, it says this. After that generation died, meaning what? Joshua's generation. That generation died. Another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that God did for Israel. So now we have a new generation that is being raised up, but they don't remember the things that happened before them. Whoever's ahead of them that's still alive isn't talking about the things of God, isn't prioritizing the things of God, isn't making God's kingdom a priority. And because of that, there's a generation, this is what it says in verse 11, Israel did evil in the Lord's sight and they worshiped Baal. So, what happens is this, that us as the generations before this generation, us the generations before the generations back there in kids' ministry today, if we as this generation choose to not worship the Lord, if we choose to not honor the Lord, when we choose to not make his house a priority, because guess what? It feels like church in 2023 is real optional, right? Like, do I feel like church today? Do I feel like honoring God today? Do I feel like putting him first today? 
Well, can I just be real clear with you? Your kids and the generation behind us, they're watching you. How are you gonna serve the Lord? How are you gonna honor the Lord? How are you gonna go after the things of God? Here, write this down. More is caught than is taught. Write this down again. More is caught than is taught. Meaning this, that you can tell your kids to do the right thing, but the fastest way for your kids to not love Jesus is for you to be a hypocrite in front of them. You're like, why did I come to church today? I, didn't, I thought we were talking about the next generation. You're getting all up in my junk right now, right? You're like, I'm not for this. Listen, look, the fastest way for the next generation to run from the things of God is for you to hypocritically live out life in front of them. So we tell our kids we're a Christian family. We tell our kids that God is important. We tell our kids that we love the Lord, right? But here's the problem. The problem is this. We don't forgive. Opportunities arise in our life, situations come up where the Lord brings us to a position where he goes, hey, I need you to not walk in offense. I need you to not be bitter. I need you to not be angry. And I need you to forgive your brother and sister. But we choose not to forgive. And guess what? They're hearing you when you're on the phone with your friend and you're talking shade and talking junk about that person and what they did to you and how angry you are at that person. Ooh, I should have got an amen right there, right? You're like, oh, crap, that was me last night. (laughs) More is caught than ever is taught. Why, why would they Why would they ever bring tithe and offering to the local house, to the church, to see what God is gonna do if you don't? Why? And, and let me just say this. If we don't show our kids this, I literally took Ben the other day, and we give online, so you know we're not writing checks, and we don't have, you know, I don't have big stacks of cash that I'm bringing to church anymore, and You know what I mean? And uh, you're like, yeah, I'll bring some stacks to my house, okay? We don't do that anymore, so we do it online. I I needed to just let Ben know, hey, listen, this is what we do every two weeks. Why? We're training the next generation. Because here's the truth. If we don't, the church will die. That's how the church dies. When we choose to go, you know what? Because can I just say this? And, and And if you get mad at me, I don't care. It's the word of God. It's not, it's not my issue. I've been telling you this. This is not my issue. This is your issue with the Lord. When you choose not to give, it is the most prideful act you could ever have towards the Lord. You're telling the Lord, Lord, I, the most important thing, because I'm pretty confident if I ask you what some of the most important things are in your life, you would tell me it would be your finances. So when you tell the Lord, I'm not gonna trust you financially, and put you first, it is a complete act of pride, right? So we don't want our kids to be prideful. Let's show our kids how we humble ourselves before the Lord and put him first, right? So listen, when we don't live out passionately for his house, when we don't serve, when we choose to make life about our world and our little sphere and that the whole world revolves around us all the time, what are we teaching our kids? The Lord doesn't matter. The church doesn't matter. His house doesn't matter. His kingdom doesn't matter. It is vitally important that we take 
ownership, okay? I have, I have one point today and then I'm bringing Jess up because we're gonna actually answer your questions. We have a lot of people that have asked us questions about parenting and listen, here's the deal. We're not perfect, we're not perfect at all, but we do have, put up that picture, we have three boys. Do we have it? I hope so, yeah, we have, we have three boys, okay, right? They're not perfect kids, but I'll tell you this much, they do love Jesus and they love God's house, okay? And they're healthy, they're not weirdo kids, okay, amen? Can it, like, there's a lot of PKs that are just kinda like weirdo kids and you're like, what planet did you come from, right, okay? So here's my one point today is this. Sincere faith in Jesus. When you have sincere faith in Jesus, when you have a real, true, alive relationship with Jesus, and hear my language, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about when you have a real relationship with Jesus, guess what, your kids will too. They will follow suit. Why? Because more is caught than is ever taught to them. Put up that picture of my dad, please. So uh, this, is, uh, this is my dad. I call him my dad. This is actually my uncle. So if you haven't been here ever before, uh, my mom and dad uh, split up when I was three. I've never met my dad. My mom had some issues in her life. I was raised by my grandparents. My grandparents both died. My grandfather died on my 11th birthday. My grandmother died a year and a half later. I then left my grandparents and moved in with my aunt and uncle, okay? So I know, crazy story, okay? So my uncle is my dad, and, and, and I love him, okay? Now, let me give you a little background about, about him. Uh, he grew up a um, long time ago in the deep south, okay? Deep south. Super super racist culture, right, okay? Grew up in really um, a time in our nation where some pretty terrible things were happening to other nationalities and other people, and, and he grew up in that culture and in that system, okay? But here's what's interesting is that when somebody finds out about Jesus and the love of Jesus, it changes their entire life. Can I get an amen, okay? And so, so, so my dad, um, he, he actually got saved. How many of you seen the movie um, Jesus Revolution? Okay, you saw the movie. If you haven't seen the movie Jesus Revolution, watch it. It's a phenomenal movie. He got saved in the Jesus movement. It was like the hippie movement, okay? But it, but it was Jesus, okay? So he got saved in the, in the Jesus movement, and when he got saved, he came to the knowledge and the understanding that, guess what? God loves all people, all races, all nationalities, all different kinds of people. And so for me, Growing up in his home, I got to see this firsthand. Because guess what? More is caught than it's taught. Can I get an amen? So he never sat me down and said, hey, we love all nationalities. We love all people. We love all people from every different race. You know how I saw that and how I got that into me? we had people from all different nationalities and people to our house for dinner all the time. Amen? So I saw it. 
He loved people. He valued people of every different culture. You know what else I learned from him? Is a love for, his, for the God's house. So when we were growing up, um, we grew up in a pretty small church. I think there was maybe, maybe 200 people that came to the church, pretty small community. And uh, the church didn't have much finances. And so our family uh, stepped up and said, hey, we'll, we'll clean the church every Saturday uh, for the church so that it's ready on Sunday morning. So every Saturday, we would get to the church. And um, I don't know if any of you grew up in the church like I did, but there used to be this artist named Carmen. Anybody remember Carmen? Okay. And we would get to church and we would take a CD. How many of you remember a CD? And we would pop in a Carmen CD. It'd be like addicted to Jesus. You know what I mean? And, and we're like playing that and like devil bite the dust. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like vacuuming like, yeah, devil bite the dust with the vacuum cleaner, you know? And and we cleaned the church. You know, sometimes it was Carmen. It was a good day if we got DC Talk. Anybody remember DC Talk, right? So we would like turn on music, blare music, and we would serve the church every Saturday. We would clean the church, not for money, for free. I remember one time asking like, hey, do we get paid for this? And <laughs> isn't that a great question? Hey, do we get paid for this? And my dad's response was, no, it's our honor to serve the Lord this way. So more is caught than is ever taught when we're raising kids. Hey, I want you to get really loud for Pastor Jessica Workmeister as she comes to the front. We have some questions that you've submitted to different people, staff members in our church, and we want to just kind of just speak to some of these things from a godly perspective and give you some wisdom as you are raising kids, raising the next generation. All right, question number one. Hi, good morning. Thank you. All right, question number one is this. How do I establish family core values? Um, Jeff and I really love this question because the core values of your family is super, super vital and super important. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that when we don't have vision, that we perish, right? When we do not, when we don't know where we're going, if you're in a car and you're driving and you don't know where you're going, you're not going to be very successful. It's the same way with your family. If your family does not have a core value system, there's, there's not going to be much success in, in a lot of areas. And we've seen this a lot with families in the church, they just feel a little lost because they really don't know what their core values are. It's the difference between living on mission and then living a passive life. When you're on mission, you know where you're headed, you know where you're going, and your core values reflect that. Um, I love the testimony from um, Mel and Mac this morning because um, they are really setting a core value in their family. And um, through that, their kids are, are going to know, listen, church is a priority. Serving is a priority. Giving is a priority. These are all things that are part of their core value of their family. So it's super vital that we have that in place. Do you know what that is, Michael? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a really loud cricket. It's not, no, it sounds is like it a alarm? whistle. Okay. Okay. 
We don't need to evacuate, right? The church is not on fire in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We, it's just the devil. Yeah, somebody, somebody take a baseball bat to whatever that is for me, okay? I, I don't care how much it costs. I'll pay for what it, okay? All right? Um, all right, uh, Encore Values, I, I want to uh, share with you, if you're like, hey, well, what, is that, what does that exactly look like, okay? Um, I'm going to share just some of our core values of our house. Like, a core value in our house is this. Jesus is first, Okay? Jesus is first. He gets first of our time. He gets first of our energy. He gets first of our finances. We put Jesus first as a family. And then to back that up, we also believe this, that church is first. We truly believe that. When our oldest son, Michael, that was leading worship today, uh, was growing up, he was really good at basketball. And as a dad that played basketball and grew up playing basketball, I could not have been more excited about that. You know, like you're, I'm coaching him, I'm at those games, you know, I remember games where he would score like 24 points and I'm just like, yeah, that's my son, that's my boy, right? You know what that feeling's like. And, and, and I was excited about where that was going and where that was headed. And so we had a lot of AAU programs and a lot of AAU coaches that would come to us and go, hey, we want your son to play on this team and be a part of these tournaments. We're really uh, excited about him and what he could bring to our team. And I would always go, yeah, that sounds awesome. He will be there on Saturdays at the tournament, and then he can be there on Sunday afternoon after church on Sunday mornings. Why? What's well, a core value in our house that Jesus is first? It's a core value in our house that church is first. So regardless of the opportunity that comes, we have core values that trump the world's core values, right? So we have spiritual core values, but then we'll also just have really normal core values that make sense to life. Like for instance, we work hard and we play hard. We're, we're gonna have kids that work hard, that understand that working and, and working hard is important and that we're going to sacrifice and we're gonna work hard and then there's gonna be moments that you're, you're gonna get to play, right? Th that's a core value. Or like this, fun, fun is a value in our house. Okay, so like Michael last night, it was about 10.30, and uh, he popped into our room, and like, you know, we're trying to, you know, get ourselves ready for Sunday morning, and he came in, and let's just say that he had a little bit of energy last night, and so he came into our room, and I don't know if he was doing Pilates or if he was doing uh, yeah. exercises, but I he was like, video, he's like jumping in our it. room, he's like <laughs> doing flips off of our bed, he's doing push-ups, and like making all kinds of voices, and that's just normal in our house, Amen because we want our house to be fun. We want them to feel like they can relax. They can be themselves. That if they wanna be fun, and if they wanna be goofy, and they wanna have a good time, that they can, and that we will actually engage with them when that happens. Last night, we're watching, me and Luke were watching an Ohio State game, throwing the football. Luke almost threw it and you know, destroyed Jessica's you know, valuable like Christmas decorations, but it's all good, right? Because it's a chord. <laughs> Amen. 
All I, all I heard, I was standing upstairs in the loft area, and all I heard was like a kind of a shaking of something, and Jeff goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> And then Luke was like, oh, we're really all good. Sorry. The Lord protected us. We're okay. good. <laughs> all right, next question. All right, number two. How do I encourage ongoing conversations with my kids about Jesus and teach them to hear God's God for themselves? Want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right. So um, our middle son, Ben, is a total middle schooler. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, um, so... Gosh, the, the best way to describe this was like the other day, he had headphones on in his underwear as he was playing like a virtual reality game in the middle of our living room, right? Just total middle schooler, and we love him. Like he's the best, we just, we love this, okay? So the other day, uh, I overheard a conversation that somebody asked our son Ben, like, hey, do you talk to this girl in our church or our youth group? And the girl was close by, and the girl kind of had kind of like a little bit of like a moment like, like no, 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 we, we do not talk. I do not, we, we, there's nothing here. We, we do not talk, right? Well, how many of you remember feeling rejected in middle school? Right? So, so the other day, we were driving, and I love, I call them car talks, Okay? I just trap my kids in the car and, and, and talk to them, right? They have to listen to what I have to say. And so I just told Ben, I said, hey, Ben, I want you to know, I know that you wouldn't tell me that you were upset or not because, you know, that's a touchy thing, but I want you to know that your validation doesn't come from other people. Your validation comes from Jesus, your heavenly Father. We're not living for somebody else to tell us that they like us or approve of us. Because I told him, I said, listen, in this life, people are going to disapprove of you. People are not going to like you. People are not going to always value you. But I want you to know that God values you, mom and dad value you, and we see God's hand on your life. And I promise you, if you'll stay faithful to the Lord, you don't have to look for a girl. God will bring the right girl at the right time in your life. It was just, just a morning conversation in the car. Well, what are we doing? We're just talking about the things of God. We're validating the things of God. Yeah, I think that we just really need to normalize talking about Jesus all the time with our kids, you know? I mean, it's, it's very normal to talk about other life things, but sometimes talking about Jesus, and we, you don't need to get, like, hyper-spiritual with your kids. That's, that's not the idea. The idea is, is that we are living this life on mission for Jesus, and this is our life. Like, we are in love with Jesus, and everything that we do is a reflection of that love. And I just want to encourage you parents to really listen to your children. Um, I have found so many times where my kids have spoken something prophetically, and I am I'm just blown away because, uh, you know, we firmly believe, and Pastor Adesha speaks this over the kids every Sunday, that there is no junior Holy Spirit. And Jeff mentioned it earlier, but the same Holy Spirit that is talking to you is the same Holy Spirit that's talking to your children. And um, you may not see it <laughs> now. You may have like a crazy three-year-old at home that just is, you know, destroying everything. But I promise you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. And, um, and it even says in Acts 2.17 that in the last days that he is going to pour out his spirit upon all people and your sons and your daughters will prophesy I mean, how cool is that? 
that our children have the ability to prophesy over our lives. And so listening to them um, is super, super important. They hear from God, and they're also watching you hear from God. And the more consistent that you are in that and showing them and, and keeping Jesus' very normal conversation in your household is, um, is going to go a long way. Number three. Are we on number three? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. We got He's going to. We're, we're running short. Yeah, I think, I think this is good. Let's hit this real quick. Okay. How do we manage uh, kids and phones? Um, listen, you need to have an open dialogue with your kids about technology and phones. One, one of the things that we have in our home is that um, Jess can look at my phone at any time. I can look at Jess's phone at any time. We can look at the boys' phone at any time. Okay? Listen, we go through their texts sometimes. We go through their apps we go through their DMs, we go through anything, because here's what we believe. If, if I don't give access to Jess with my phone, that means what? There's something I'm trying to hide, right? If I'm not willing to say, hey, you can, you can look at my phone at any time and any place, that means what? I, I'm trying to hide something, and that means the same thing with your kids. Now, I, I always remind our kids too, that phone is not your phone. I pay for that phone, so that phone is my phone, so I can do whatever I want with that phone. I could turn that phone off if I wanted to turn that phone up, right? Kind of get an amen from anybody, okay? So that's, that's vitally important uh, to understand. Let's, let's do these two, and then we'll see what time we have left, okay? All right, so you go. Wait, which one? Eight? Eight, eight, yep. All right, number eight. <laughs> How do we encourage without overpraising? You want to start? You sure? Okay. Um, all right. How do we encourage without overpraising? Um, I totally believe that in, in Proverbs it says that the tongue has the power of what? Life and death. Okay? So the words that you speak over your kids are framing their future. You are either framing their future with with God's love, God's perspective, God's prophetic understanding, or you're framing your kid's future out of frustration and anger, and, and you're just an overwhelmed parent. Amen? And, and I get that. I, I've done that before. I mean, I can get loud. Trust me, okay? Um, but I, I totally believe in speaking life over our kids, okay? Now, the other issue, though, is that we live in this world that right now just celebrates anything, right? It's like, like okay, Johnny came to soccer, um, and Johnny just showed up, and because you showed up, we are so proud of you. Here's your trophy, right? Everybody gets a participation trophy, right? But let's just be honest, Johnny's not good at soccer, right? Like, Johnny, like, he, like kicks the ball, and it goes four fields over, Okay. But we, like, live in this, like, cycle in this generation right now of overpraising. We're like, yeah, Johnny, you're awesome. You're like, no, you're not awesome, Johnny. You are not good. And I know that right now I probably feel like that old dude on stage, and I'm totally okay with this, okay? Listen, look, we are actually hindering our kids when we tell them you're the smartest, you're the prettiest, you're the best all the time when they're not, because someday they're gonna get into the real world and they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I am not the prettiest, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I am not the best at this. And, and when we do that, when we overpraise, 
our children. And listen, there, there's a balance. There's a balance to this, okay? When we over-praise our kids, we're actually robbing them of the experience of them learning how to take their weaknesses and trust the Lord with it, right? Because we all have weaknesses, and we all have to learn in God's grace and strength to submit our weaknesses to him and allow his grace to give us what we need to overcome those things. So it's really important that we don't overpraise our kids and make sure we set them up well. Yeah, speaking words of life of them is, is, is crucial, but the, those words of life have to come from the word of God because that is the truth that you need to speak over them. I mean, it's, it's how Jesus deals with us, right? The Holy Spirit, he's so loving and he speaks life over us and he encourages us. He's our comforter, but he also, there are times of correction and we don't need to be afraid of correction. Correction actually leads to life. So um, speaking these things to your children is not, is not going to hurt them. Amen. All right. Let's see this one. Okay. Wait, which one? Okay. Yep. How do we set up our kids for success without a sense of entitlement? Ooh. Isn't that a good word? Can we get an amen for that? Just entitlement? All right, do you want to start? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we live in a very me society, right? It's me focused. We have, um, we have social media where everything is me focused and what's going on in my life. And that can really um, set a tone of entitlement in your household. Um, but it goes back to our core values, right? If we are on mission and we know as a family that this is what we believe and we have a kingdom mindset where, you know, we look at the example of Jesus. He walked on the earth as a human. I mean, talk about someone that's entitled. He was the son of God, but he chose to humble himself and come as a servant so that we could have eternal life. I mean, that is the ultimate example of how um, living a servant's, uh, you know, a life that is serving people. If you have that mindset in your family, if you have that mindset in your household and you have a kingdom perspective and you give that to your children, um, it really, it really, that is the thing that pushes out entitlement is becoming a servant and serving well. Yeah, let, let me show you a quick video. Play, play that video of Ben for me real quick, okay? Uh, this is Ben the other day, and uh, he had a really important job called picking up sticks before crown. Real important, right? Well, yeah, it was important. Because we had a couple hundred women coming to crown, and I didn't want women tripping on sticks at the after party. And so I need to teach my son, right? Because my son, that's a PK. He, look, our boys, we don't, we've never hidden ministry and their future from them. They clearly understand. We're a part of this. We've told them from the day they were born, like, you're a part of the Workmeister family. We love Jesus and we do ministry. Okay, so how many of you have met or seen at some point a PK that was entitled, right? That thought that the world revolved around them, right? That the church revolved around them. We've never wanted our kids to have that perspective. We've always wanted our kids to learn how to start from the bottom, just like we did. I started serving the Lord 
by running a camera. I started serving the Lord by picking up trash after youth service. I started serving the Lord in really, really small ways. But what does the Bible tell us? When you're faithful with little, God will continue to bless you and give you more and more. And so one of the ways that we can train up our kids to not be entitled is just to not give them everything they need all the time, what they want all the time. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out my son. Come here real quick, okay? Everybody get real loud for Michael Workmeister, okay? Awesome man of God. How many of you think he did a great job in the summer when he spoke? He did an awesome job, okay? He helps in youth, he helps in young adults, but a lot of you don't know, he actually uh, works with our amazing band and, and leads our amazing band at the ripe old age of 18 years old, okay? And uh, it's pretty awesome. Now, here's what you don't know, okay? And I'm gonna tell you, okay? And you're gonna think I'm a bad boss and a horrible dad, okay? I'm just gonna warn you right now, okay? So he works for a church full time. I mean, I'm talking probably 60 hours plus a week, okay? And he makes a grand total of $6,000 a year. He doesn't even make minimum wage. And before that, tell him how much money you made before that. Zero. Zero. <laughs> you can go back. Why? Because we want them to learn the value of working hard and sowing and investing their life and sacrificing for the Lord. Amen? Here's what we know. Your gift will make a way. When you have a gift, your gift will make a way in God's kingdom. Your gift will make a way in life. And so one of the best things that we can ever do for our kids is let them start at the low levels and allow their gifts to flourish to the place where we come to the place we go, man, he's gotta be on stage. Because I have, just like Ben picking up sticks, I have video of Michael at 13 cleaning the church bathrooms. Long before he was ever on stage, he was just cleaning toilets. It's so detrimental when we just give our kids things and not allow them to earn it and not allow their gift to make a way. Amen? How many of you think today was good? Amen? Come on. How many are excited about the next generation?